saying. I'm not interesting. I can't just pull jokes out of my ass. I'm not a stand-up comedian yet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's, that's your right. next career goal. I'm quitting I'm my job. Take, I'm looking to take a major pay I'm cut. I'm selling my I kids. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to Drunk Duck Cinema Club. We're here doing our bi-weekly podcast. I'm your host, Allie Darling. And I'm your host, Michael Puglisi. Our movie today is They Look Like People, a movie set in New York with the... Uh, fuck, how's it go again? The only movie set in New York with a realistically sized apartment. The only movie set in New York. With? With a realistically <laughs> sized apartment. Oh my God, we got to work on that. So heavily. What do you mean? (laughs) What do you mean? (laughs) They Look Like People is a 2015 horror movie and the feature debut of director Perry Blackshear. Blackshear classifies the film as a drama psychological mystery. Blackshear, who also wrote and produced the film, has previously worked as an editor, cinematographer, and had directed a few short films before They Look Like People. So this film is pretty short. It's clocking in about 80 minutes and it was produced on a meager budget from the director and lead actor's own savings. The production was a labor of love shot over nights and weekends while the cast and crew worked their regular full-time jobs. And the crew consisted just of Blackshear. They had one light and one camera for their one crew member. (laughs) The actors even did their own makeup and would sometimes perform holding their own spotlights or boom mics. The premise for They Look Like People is as follows. Suspecting that people are transforming into malevolent shapeshifters, Wyatt flees to New York City to seek out his estranged childhood friend Christian. As the mysterious horrors close in on Wyatt, he questions whether to protect his only friend from impending war or from himself. Okay, okay. So a little bit about, um, like you mentioned, so the movie won a lot of awards, but it never actually really was released as like a proper film. So it premiered at the Slamdance Film Festival where it won, and then it also then went on to win at IFF Boston. So it has a 92% of Rotten Tomatoes. It has a 5.9 on IMDb. IMDb ratings are always uh, weirdly low. Weirdly yeah. low, yeah. Yeah, I don't. W- I would be interested to see what the highest rated movie is on IMDb because I don't think I've ever seen anything above seven. I'm sure, like it's something like The Godfather, and it probably has oh, like yeah. an eight. Beyond that, uh, people sort of received this movie. The thing that I saw a lot that this movie was sort of praised for was that it doesn't make. It's a horror movie that features mental illness, but the mental illness is not the danger of the movie per se. So it's not. Okay. It's not like a like a cackling crazy person chasing people with like a chainsaw or something. It's not like they don't really make a mockery of the mental illness, but they address it regardless. Like it's still the main antagonist sort of of the movie. Yeah, and I mean, I would say the up like they really make you empathize. One of the other praises for this movie that I saw that I think is like very justified is that it does a really good job of portraying like masculinity and a masculine friendship. Yeah. Because both of the main characters, both Christian and Wyatt, are both mm-hmm. struggling and neither one of them really seem to actively seek out help or think they deserve or need help. You know, like they kind of they definitely seem to internalize it and try to deal with it on their own, which is a very like stereotypical sort of like masculine thing to do. And then they end up actually being able to deal with all of their shit once they actually talk to each other. And like when they are like talking to each other about like issues and problems like you know at first they kind of tiptoe around things and then when they start hitting it a bit more uh directly it's like kind of like awkward and 
like it's, it's very hard for them like that that's very like typical of male friendships too, yeah right? and it's like you just can't actually talk about your issues but one of sort of like the underlying premises of the movie and even the director himself says this is that it's supposed to be about the most important thing about the movie is the relationships and the friendships and like you know who you're yeah. who you're with and who you keep with you and like all that stuff right so it's like the main strength is supposed to be their relationship and their friendship. That's what's supposed to be able to pull them through all the crap, right? Right. So I do have um, some common criticisms of the movie that I pulled off of uh, letterbox.com. Mm. So yeah, one of the most common criticisms was boring. So one review read, I got 45 minutes into this before I realized I've already tried to watch this boring pile of oh, shit before. Shit. It's that forgettable. Half star. Yeah. Um, and then another thing was the low budgetness of the movie. Yeah. Quote, it looks like a movie, but in fact is a cheap ass video. Oh is my God. Is there any criteria for what a movie is anymore? If I go down in my basement and videotape crap for 90 minutes, can I call it a movie? Amazon Prime is filled with these low budget pieces of crap and they won't make a distinction between this and an actual movie. Fucking amateur hour. Oh my god. <laughs> like that's brutal. I find that also kind of Half funny. Star. Well, I find that it also is kind funny. of funny. Well, I find that kind of silly too, right? Because that's the same thing where somebody's just like, is a two by four art, right? Like the idea it's yeah. like it's the same kind of shit. Like the entire arts industry suffers from that where people are just like, Well, it didn't cost a lot of money, so it can't be worth anything. And it's like, who cares if it costs money? Like, that's not what art is about, right? So I think this, there's a particular rejection against, like, these low-budget indie movies. Yeah. Um, so they're called mumblecore. It's like a mumble rap. Yeah, that makes yeah. sense. It's like a lack of effort, people say, right? All right, so uh, we're starting the spoiler portion of the show with our uh, They Look Like People-inspired cocktail. Mm-hmm. Um, so... As you can not see, it's a really fruity looking. It's a lady beverage. It's a lady looking beverage, that's for sure. Um, although, guys, no problem drinking a fruity looking beverage. That's cool, too. Um, so the recipe for this one is one shot silver tequila, half a shot of peach schnapps, two shots of pineapple mango juice. Shake that with ice. Strain into a martini glass. Um, add some grenadine to color, and then garnish with a cool little parasol. An orange slice. And an orange slice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so what What do you think? It's delicious. Mm. It's insanely delicious. It tastes a lot like peach, and it makes me want to buy flavored vodkas. It does. Or flavored schnapses. Even though, I mean, yeah, the dominant spirit is like the tequila. It's still like... Damn, it's got that peach taste to it. And I like tequila. A lot of people don't like tequila. A lot of people fucking hate tequila. It's the number one most hated drink. I, I mean, you can't even really taste the tequila. No, I find it's kind of got that heat, but I don't know if that's from the schnapps either. Like, it probably would have that without the tequila anyway. Mm. But it's very good. And the umbrellas are very festive. Yeah, it goes down su- super easy. So inspiration for this cocktail, obviously peach schnapps that Christian gives out yes. to every woman in the office, which is super weird, by the way. So if we want to talk about fan theories, so this movie's short, which makes fan theories kind of tough. And mm-hmm. there's only three real characters in this movie, which also makes fan theories kind of tough because the interactions are limited. And real characters in two senses, because I don't think that psychiatrist was real. 
Oh, you don't think so? No, I don't oh, think so. Oh, I see. It is weird for him to meet in a park by a lake, right? Well, and I also... I don't know enough about psychiatrists, but that seemed weird. So so there's like two things. Uh, one, his cell phone's broken. Yeah. So Christian at one point says, hey man, I tried calling you 30 times. And then White makes up some kind of excuse. And yeah. you see that his cell phone's like all smashed up. Yeah. Two, White's from North Carolina. What the fuck's a psychiatrist doing in New York City? That's true, actually. So in terms of uh, like fan theories, um, there's someone who wrote about this and they said that they think that the entire character of Wyatt is an analogy for Christian's mental health. Ooh. He talks about how Wyatt goes to like try to get help from Christian, right? Like Christian's supposed to be this capable character that can help people. They're talking about how Wyatt and what he's struggling with is supposed to be a parallel with what Christian's struggling with. And they say that what's interesting about it is that they think that the reason that Christian helps Wyatt is because Christian is hoping Wyatt will kill him. So it says the end is just, uh, just as much about Wyatt's struggle with reality as it is about Christian's struggle with hope, hope that his friend doesn't kill him and acceptance of death and the selfish and shitty part of that hope that some part, some other force will end it for him. So he can still walk away a good person because he helped his friend. Like a super crazy idea because when I first saw it, I was like, Christian is going above and beyond what I would fucking do for a fr- an estranged friend of mine. Like, yeah. Jesus. No, like that's one of those few moments where you're just like, what the hell are you doing, man? <laughs> you should not be doing this. This like, is a bad call. You're just going along with your clearly schizophrenic friends, like delusions. Yeah. And like encouraging them. Like, sure, man, let's just do whatever you want to do today. But I do feel like, I didn't really pick up on that when I watched the movie, but I do feel like it's true that he seems to sort of give in to helping him and he almost seems like to be resigned to whatever happens to him. Once he starts to help Wyatt, he's like, oh, well, like, why don't you just like tie me up then? Like, whatever, right? Like, he definitely doesn't seem to care if he gets hurt. I think that has to do um, with Christian's um, obsession with being tough. And with yeah. with uh, not being weak, yeah. so do you remember when like Wyatt first tells him about you know there's like aliens or whatever taking yeah, over and some like, shit? Yeah. And he's like, "You fucking p- pussy, this is real." Yeah, and then like Christian just like shuts down. This yeah, like his worst fear is being seen as weak. Yeah, and so here's his friend who's like clearly losing his mind, could potentially hurt him. But he can still use Wyatt to show that he's strong. It's like, yeah. all right, I'm going to let Wyatt do whatever the fuck he wants with me. And you know what? If I make it through it, then I am like this tough, badass dude. I feel like he. So when I watched it, I feel like he just is doing it because he's exasperated and doesn't care about anything. So what's uh, another theory you got? So there was a couple other theories. First one is that Wyatt killed Mara. So you never get to see what happens to her. You get to see that she's sort of turns into some kind of monster. Right. And then he tells Christian that he saw her turn into a monster. And Christian's like, well, did you hurt her? And he's like, no, I came back. But it's like, but would you do that? Like, why would you do that? You've got all these axes and you've got all this shit. Like, there's an idea that uh, he killed her, especially because you see the blood before you see, like, her weird sort of hallucination-looking self. And then the final theory that I was reading, which was very interesting, was about what happened to Christian's fiance. So Christian's fiance 
when I read or when I watched the movie, I just assumed that they broke up because she either miscarried or lost their kid or whatever, right? Because there's that quick little snippet of them talking once you find out that his fiance was the voice on the tapes all along. And um, he says, oh, I'm going to be a dad, blah, blah, blah. And then he also reiterates that when they're drunk at one point that he says, I was going to be a dad. And he says, like, I want to have, like, what do you think about kids? I want to have, like, a million kids. Yeah. And then, but then there's a part where he's, like, sad and he says, like, I was going to be a dad or something. Like, he says that when they're, like, in their stupor, like, talking oh, to each wow. other, I think, at some point. And anyhow, so I originally just thought that they broke up because that had happened. Right. And I assumed that the medical bill that he has is from when he tried to commit suicide. But the theory that I read was that she died because they were like, why else would he have all of her shit still, especially all of her like solo business stuff, which is what he has. He has like a room that used to be like her office. And it's like if they broke up, like she would take that stuff. The only other little theory that I read And this was one, again, that took me by surprise when I read it, was that at the very end, they obviously rekindle their friendship and they hug. And he's like, I don't think we ever hugged right at the end. And then they hug. And what somebody said was that the way that they hug looks like eerily familiar to the way that Mara shows Christian how to strangle somebody with the judo hold. Oh, like the way that they start that looks a lot like the way that she shows him like how to start that like hold okay and they were saying like it looks the same and it's like seems like the judo thing is like needless exposition right like it's a cutesy little scene but is he gonna choke him out at the end that's what they were saying that like that he that Wyatt essentially makes a mistake and that he is a a monster oh shit right he was right all along (laughs) well what's hard with that is that the movie sort of ends on a finality that says like oh okay clearly Wyatt is just fucking crazy Right. But he overcame his schizophrenia in the moment. So everything's going to be fine because his friend let him do whatever the fuck he wanted. Which is not how schizophrenia works. But anyhow, I thought that was interesting because there's definitely like a bunch of weird hallucinations that he gets that don't make sense. Right. Like the way that he sees the blood everywhere and he sees like the bag over Christian's head is like changing shape and size. And like these sort of weird things that then when he seems to like move out of his like deluded state, they're back to normal. Mm -hmm. But it's also like there's never anyone else there to see if what he's to to verify that what he's seeing is not there. Right. Like, you know, some movies where they'll show somebody hallucinating and then someone else just like another character very obviously can't see what they see. Yeah. It's not like that. Like he's always alone. No, it's, it's always him. So like you never really get the impression that you never get the for sure that it's not real necessarily. I think the movie definitely when I watched it, I was like, Oh, for sure. He's just crazy. Yeah. Right. But it's true that there's never like a confirmation of that necessarily. Cause there's never some, anyone else observing the same scenario while he's observing it. Yeah. I mean, I think part of that is by design. Like it's almost secondary, like whether yeah. or not he's actually crazy. Cause there's all this other shit going on about yeah. vulnerability and trust and, control and weakness but from what i've read of the way that the director talks about the movie it's supposed to be like a buddy flick right like it's supposed to be about a friendship it's not supposed to be like this big like ooh, like is he actually crazy or is it a robot yeah, yeah. Like, it's, like i think it is supposed to just be like a story about how a friendship allows you to overcome those things i think that's based on what the director said 
because when I was reading about it, it says the director says that he wrote it based on a friend of his going through a bad time and saying that he had a very similar sort of delusions where he would dream these terrible things happening. And in his dreams, people would die. And then when he would wake up, he would feel like those people had died. And then whoever was there was not them anymore, but someone else. And it's this like horrible delusion. And apparently what inspired the director to make the film was that his friend at one point had told him, like, if I hadn't had my friends during like a few very dark weeks in my life, I would definitely be either dead or like in prison. Wow. And the way that the director like talks about it, and he's just like, it's what he says. He says, they look like people accidentally became the most personal film I have ever made. The movie has the backbone of a psychological thriller, but at its heart, it is a love story. So, yeah, it's pretty fuck cute. It's like, <laughs> it's so strange. It's like the sweetest movie in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like Blobby Wars. <laughs> and then they're just like, why didn't it work? Because <laughs> <laughs> like, you're not eight. But yeah. And there's Sock Wars where he's like, he has the sock take on his off arm. The Final, take off the it's gauntlet. like, I'm chivalrous. And he like takes <laughs> yeah. off the sock. And you're Don't like, laugh. Oh. Yeah. Don't laugh. Any, uh, dig up any cool shit on this movie? Um, so the only thing that I was able to find that was super interesting to me was if you look at, uh, if you look at the like poster for the movie where it should have all the credits cause there's nobody in the movie, right? Like there's no credits to really give cause right. everybody is like already listed. If you look at like the sort of little subtext that usually has all those in there, it says like super creepy shit. It says, it, and it goes between lowercase and uppercase letters. So it looks like it's saying like titles and names, but it says, do not look away. Do not look behind you. They are all around you right now. The people who you are with are not your friends. They are not human. You are one of the blessed. You have been chosen. If we do not stop them, they will enslave every good person left on earth. Hold your loved ones close. Never look at their eyes. They are listening from inside. Wow. So Fucking that's nightmare on the fuel. Yeah. So Great. that's like, and that only noticed that. I only noticed that because I happened to be reading about this on my phone where it just like zooms in crazy on everything I'm looking at. And I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> so it's definitely got like some some creepy shit like that. But that was about all I could find on the movie. I don't think it was a very big. Uh, that's not, definitely not a big release, but I also don't think it's like a super popular movie. Like, I think it was. No, like, I mean, I heard small. about it from you and you heard about it from a friend who I assume heard about it from a friend. What are we going to give this movie? <laughs> Uh, okay, what are what are our things? So um, our quality indicators are skulls out of five for scares. We have mm-hmm. blood drops out of five for violence and gore. Yeah. And we have stars out of five for overall quality. So for scares. I would give it at least a three or four because it creeped the hell out of me. I'm going to have to give it... Uh, I want to I give it four, but I, I'd be more comfortable giving it three because I just... I think there, there need to be more of them. I also think so in the va- like I think that it did an amazing job of being creepy, but I don't think it was a creepy movie. Like I don't think Agreed. it was overall like a creepy movie. There's creepy moments. But it did yeah, it did a great job of being creepy without being a creepy movie. So I think 3 is fine. In terms of blood, uh I would say probably 1 or 2. I would say probably a 2 because the blood that they do have is like fucking grotesque. It's always like pools. That's true. It and is it's pretty like uh, thick, vivid. Yeah, and it's like viscous. It's always mm. like an extreme loss of blood. Two, it is. So then, overall quality. I would give it a four. I really like this movie. 
I I really liked it. I've watched it a bunch of times and I haven't got sick of it. Yeah, I can give it a four. Originally, I'd wanted to give it a five, but I think on the third viewing, I started to see some of the yeah the weaknesses a bit more. And um, but I mean, despite that, four, it's still like a damn good movie. I really like this movie, and I could definitely I could easily recommend it to people because I think that it's like if you especially if you don't know anything about it, it really like kind of catches you off guard. Because it doesn't at all go the direction you expect it to. Yeah, if right? you want to like, confuse your friends, watch this with them. Well, and you, like, even from the very beginning, it's like, you don't expect, you don't expect that Wyatt is suffering from delusions at all. You expect that he's, like, down on his luck, and then you don't expect that their date's going to go, like, horribly wrong, and then you don't expect, like, you don't expect any of it. Yeah. You don't expect Christian to get fired, you don't expect Wyatt to be completely insane, like, all that stuff that happens. It's like, none of it, if you don't know anything about the movie, like, all those are curveballs. Like, out of nowhere. And delivered in a short and sweet package of romantic um, thrills. Yeah, not comedy, I guess. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> All okay, right. Cool. Well, I guess we're going to call it there. Thank you for listening to the show. You can find us on social media at web pages and shit we haven't created yet. So, fuck it. We'll be redoing this part at some point. <laughs> Peace out, bitches. Whack. Fake ending. Here we are redoing that part at some point. Yeah. Um, you can find us on social media at pages we have created yeah. on Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Duck Cinema Club. You can also find us at our very own website. DrunkDuckCinemaClub.com. Yep. The website will have uh, podcasts, posts about the podcasts, and the recipes for all the cocktails. It's super sweet and... Um, um, yeah, you should check totally it out. Totally free. It's totally <laughs> free. We encourage you to send us money. But you don't have to. Yeah. And we have no way for you to do that. Yeah, we have no way. Okay. All right. Peace be with you, quackers. Ah.